This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Kyle and I are going to be in the book review again, and where are we going to be today, Kyle? We're in part three now, and we are talking about how to start building your own banking system. Yeah, and Nelson is actually going to start putting everything to action that we learned about in the first 40 pages. Yeah, and with this review, it's probably best to have a book in front of you. That would be very helpful, yeah, for sure. So right here, Nelson gets started off. We're talking about how do we start to reclaim the banking function in our lives? Everybody sees a mountain of interest going to the house payment, and Nelson just points out right away, that's really big. That's going to be hard to tackle. Let's start with something more manageable. So we're going to be looking at financing an automobile over the life. Um, It's actually 44 years of someone. Yep. Now, what are the five methods that uh, we're going to use to purchase this automobile in comparison? So we're looking at leasing, bank finance, cash, CDs, and then um, IBC policy. Okay. So the first thing we're going to look at is uh, leasing. Nelson goes over this in the book, and he just basically concludes that you have to use reason and logic here to understand that this is the most expensive way to finance something. The reason being is you don't have any trade-in value when you go back to the back to the car dealer, okay, for your used vehicle. And you also somebody's going to be making money from owning that vehicle, right? They aren't a dummy. They're going to charge you more than it costs them to pay for the vehicle, right, Kyle? Yeah. But sometimes there are tax breaks to where it can possibly make sense to lease vehicles. So we're not just outright saying it's a totally stupid idea. Right. It, there's always some exceptions to rules. So in, in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to go on with the next one, Kyle? <clears throat> yeah. And so the next we're looking at um, financing through a bank. And um, we're using the numbers that we're using here are based back in 2000 or so. So they're going to be a little different than um, today's numbers. But when you scale everything, the outcome is going to be similar. Yeah, Nelson, a quote from Nelson is, as time goes by, interest rates are up and interest rates are down. But the process of banking goes on no matter what is happening. Nelson knew when he wrote this book and, and before that even, you know, the numbers that he puts in here aren't going to just be the same math that goes on for years and years and years, right? Yeah. But if we compare everything equally now, it's going to work out. The ratios are going to be the same between things. Yep. Okay. So when you hear 8.5% interest, we realize you can get lower interest rates than that right now. But we're just talking comparatively speaking. Keep that in mind. Yeah. And so um, the cost we're going to be using for the commercial bank is 260 bucks a month. Um, for 48 months, which equates to $12,480. But then over the lifetime, that'd be 528 months, and that total cost would be $137,280. Right. So over the, the, the big takeaway from this is 
$137,280 at the end of uh, 44 years is how much money that you've paid to to the commercial bank to drive, basically. Yeah, and how we arrived at that was um, we buy a new vehicle and we're factoring a trade-in and then financing $10,550 after that at 8.5% interest. Yep, and that gives us our $260 a month payment. Yep. Okay. The big takeaway again, though, is just the $137,280 that you were negative after your driving expenses Yep. in the 44 years. Okay. What's next, Kyle? Uh, next, we're just going on paying cash, which is what we're taught as keen. Right. This, and I'll be honest, this is what I thought was the best possible way that I could could finance anything. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Me too. I had never even heard of anything else personally. <laughs> yeah. So this one's pretty cut and dry. Um, this person has to forgo, forgo the use of a vehicle for four, the new vehicle for four years because they have to save up that $10,550. But after that, they just pay cash for the new vehicle at every new four-year cycle. Okay, trade-in plus $10,550. There is no financing. But you should realize that this person is starting to play honest banker. They're directing the payments to their savings account, right, Kyle? Yep. Okay. Now, the only problem is they aren't factoring in the opportunity cost with this. Mm -hmm. They aren't paying themselves back with interest. And they're doing this at a traditional bank that they're not a part owner in. Yes. Okay. So that comes out to less than what it was to... uh, Use bank financing, though, because we didn't have a physical interest payment that we were making to the commercial bank, okay? Mm-hmm. So this one is $116,050. So we've been moving into things that cost less and less to drive so far. I think we forgot to say the leasing, we figured it was 175000 because we assumed, because of logic and reason, that it cost more than traditional bank financing. So that was 137,000 and we estimated 175,000 as the leasing because somebody will have to lease from an owner who had to go through the bank financing process. Yep, makes sense. Okay. Um let's move on to the next one now, Kyle. We're on to the CD method, right? Yes, and we must uh, <clears throat> capitalize the CD here, somewhat similar to an IBC policy. Right. So there's a there's a critical difference now between these next two methods and the last three methods. Now Nelson is addressing the need to capitalize before you purchase something. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's the 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 act of saving is totally discounted right now in in finance. But Nelson's saying, no, we need to capitalize first, create a pool of money that we control, then go out and purchase things. Yep. Okay. So do you want to walk us through this CD method now, Kyle? Yeah. So um, Nelson talks about how we're going to accumulate capital for seven years. And he says that most corporations expect it to be at least seven years before they make a profit on an investment. So that's... It's kind of what we're doing here. Um, yeah, so that's where he decided to use seven years 
as this capitalization period. Yeah, and so with the CD method, during this time, they're going to purchase CDs that are yielding 5.5% interest. Okay? And then uh, he's assuming that they're in the 30% tax bracket. So they're, some, of these, some of the interest earned is going to be paid in taxes. <clears throat> so the person ends up with $41,071 when it's time to start self-financing the car. And I just to reiterate on the tax thing again, so what Nelson figures basically is the net effect is instead of 5.5%, he's basically earning 4%. Mm-hmm. After taxes have been taken away. So then when uh, the guy has $41,000 in his CD, it's time to self-financing the car. So what he'll do is he'll take his trade-in and then um, plus a $10,550 withdrawal from the CD and purchase this car. Right. And Nelson makes it clear, too, that the guy shouldn't tell the car salesman that he has $41,000, Right. Otherwise, the car salesman is going to tell him, hey, you can afford this thing, you know, instead of the vehicle that he was originally looking at. Yep. And he would basically have the cash financing scenario on a grand scale if he did that. Sure. Yep. And so then um, in this example, the guy continues to fund his CD, like keep purchasing CDs. So he is playing honest banker with himself here. Right, he's paying back principal plus interest. He's contributing $3,030 back to a savings account and purchases a CD every single year. And he does this every four years uh, purchasing a vehicle. Yeah, so this, this is the second most efficient way to do this. But because he's not doing um, this in his own banking system, he is not the one who is profiting off of this. Yeah, and why is that? Let's go through the characters in the play right now, okay? With with a bank and a life insurance company, you you have administrators of the plans in in both, okay? Life insurance companies have uh, agents and uh, staff on hand, okay? Banks have tellers and other loan officers, okay? So that's a wash, the administration. There's borrowers in both businesses, both companies have to have borrowers to make their business successful. Now, they each have a different business plan, but they both need borrowers. Yep. Okay, So we're at a wash with those two. Now we have uh, a CD holder and a policy holder. A CD holder earns, earns interest on their CDs. A policy holder earns guaranteed interest on their life insurance policy. Again, we're, we're at a wash, basically. The only difference is who the dividends or the profits accrue to in these systems. With a bank, it's the stockholders. And being an account holder or a CD owner does not make you a stockholder. But being a policyholder with a mutual life insurance company does make you an owner and you have the dividends or the profits accruing to you. Yeah, you share in the profits. So that's the only difference that's going on. Yes. So why don't you tell us about um, the IBC method? Okay. So this is the last method that Nelson goes over in the book. Um, This person accumulates money and dividend paying whole life insurance. And we have to remember that this is life insurance that has been structured as high premium. Okay. So what Nelson means by that is we're focusing on cash accumulation and not death benefit. 
Okay. So he pays $5,000 in for seven years and he's capitalized his policy. At that point in time to purchase vehicles, he takes his trade in plus a withdrawal of dividends of $10,550 to pay for the new car. Then he continues making premium payments, $3,030 a year, just like he was saving up money and buying CDs at $3,030 a year, okay? We're keeping the input and output the same. Yep. So he's doing the same thing just with the life insurance policy. Now, if you look at the life insurance policy, you're going to say, now, wait a second, and this is on page 46 and 47, you're going to say, wait a second, he's, he's withdrawing money and his death benefits going down. Like what crazy things are going on right here, okay? What you need to know is that if the death benefit is reducing when he's withdrawing dividends, Nelson didn't write all this out because there wasn't enough columns, but what happens is the dividend wasn't large enough yet. It wasn't $10,550 yet. So he sacrificed some of his paid-up additional life insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hopefully that's not too confusing. I know it's getting into the weeds a little bit for you guys, but that's what's going on. And he continues to do that for the same 44-year period. Now, if you just focus on the beginning of this, looking at the CD method and the IBC method, the CD method is ahead for, I believe, the first 14 years or yep. so in this um, comparison. Everybody looks at this and says, well, my goodness, the CD method is the way to go. That is how I should purchase my vehicles then, right, Kyle? Yep. Okay. And I should also say that we're at $258,927 with the CD method. Now we're positive finally, whereas with the first three methods, we were negative. Mm -hmm. And that's because we did what? We capitalized. We saved up a pool of money. Yep. And at the end of uh, the IBC policy, we have $987,757. Somewhere along the way, this thing really picked up steam, didn't it, Kyle? (laughs) I would say so. (laughs) But everybody looks at the first years of a life insurance policy and says, that is a horrible place to put money in. You don't even have as much money as you paid in premium. You got to be a long-term thinker. You got to be a long-term thinker. You have to be willing to capitalize. Now, what's the reason behind having less money in the IBC policy? We have to keep in mind that the person who goes to a traditional bank and buys CDs, they're already tapping into something, a business that existed already, okay? And the rewards or losses accrue to the person who started that business, right? Yep. So that's why the dividends are going to the stockholders of the bank, not the CD holder. Yes. With the IBC policy, this thing never existed before. It's being started from scratch. So there's a startup cost that goes to every business, just like there was for the traditional bank. You just don't see it because you were never taught to look for it. It was just an established business that you could use. With the IBC policy, you started from scratch. It took time to get up and going while the life insurance company amortized the cost of that over about 13 to 15 years. Yeah. And at that point in time, it takes over and is ahead of the CD holder. Forever. Forever. I mean, it cannot catch up, so. As Nelson says, there is no comparison between these two methods. Um, you have more money 
uh, for financing, you have more. You have a death benefit, which you don't even have with the CD in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be able to get your mind over that fact of the need to capitalize. And once again, this is not investing. Like this is not some crazy investment thing. This this is building a pool of capital to finance your own needs that you can in turn profit from. It's a cash flow management strategy, which is we which is we've said before is more powerful or can be more powerful than investing. Absolutely. I mean, you have to finance every single thing in life. I mean, whether that's land, um, business, living, living, I mean, any type of business investments, anything has to be financed. This is a financing system. It has nothing to do with investing. And, and you can see that Nelson's, he's illustrating just purchasing cars. Okay. That isn't an investment. That's just something that everybody has as a living expense. Yeah. So the next thing I want to go over too is, is I said with the IBC method, we're using dividends and we're sacrificing some paid up insurance. This is not the most effective way to use your IBC policy. Nelson, uh, well, let me back up. The most effective way to use your policy is with policy loans. Nelson didn't want to do that in this example because he just wanted to show you you don't have to use policy loans to u- to perform the infinite banking concept because some people have a mental block with loan, I don't want the word loan yeah. yeah the word loan I don't want to pay interest things like that right he's just showing there is a different way to do it it isn't the most effective way though yeah the reason is every time you you get a dividend and you purchase paid up additional life insurance you're starting you're creating more death benefit. That cash value has to grow up to that death benefit. If you sacrifice that death benefit, you're in effect killing the growth of the policy, the growth potential of the policy. Yeah. And so Nelson's top five uh, ways to be successful practicing the infinite banking concept that he talks about in this chapter are you need to think long-term you can't be afraid to capitalize, which we've mentioned many times. Don't steal the piece. This goes back to the grocery store method. And being an honest banker with yourself, paying yourself back with interest. Yes. And uh, always rethink your thinking, which I think is crucial for everything that you do in life. And the last one, um, Nelson says, don't do business with banks. And the reason why he says this is because banks can inflate the money supply and uh, we understand which weakens the purchasing power of everybody's dollars yes it's it's a it's theft sort of, i mean yeah it really is we understand that but you would be crazy to not take advantage of some of these low interest rates right now so well in effect everybody else would be utilizing them and you would be hurting yourself yes so do what makes sense for you and he, you know, he used, said, you only need banks for checking account, you know, to deposit your, uh, your policy loans. Yeah. And I would just add that this is becoming your own banker. Okay. When you become your own banker, you get to decide where the financing comes from, whether that's from your policy or from uh, farm credit services or from FSA, whoever that is for you guys. Okay. 
when you have capital, you're in control and you get to decide who's the banker in your life. Yeah, it's not, this is so people, you know, that you don't have to listen to anybody tell you what to do. Oh, don't do business with banks. Well, do it if you want to, because it's, it's your money. Yeah. And you, what makes this all possible though, Kyle, they capitalized a system and they have access to money so they can choose. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And you have created a financing system in your life so you aren't dependent on other people for capital. That is the goal and the dream. That is the goal and the dream. I like that. Okay. Anything else to add to this section, Kyle? Uh, no, I think we got this one covered. Okay. Um, I would just like to add to now this section, Nelson has started to put this all together for everybody. Okay. We go over what, uh, the, the five rules. Okay. Parkinson's law, Willie Sutton's law. And Nelson even starts incorporating them into this section saying, you know, um, expenses rise to equal income. Don't let the salesman know that you saved up all this money because you're going to have this on a grand scale. Okay. You have to conquer Parkinson's law. Um, just be have, because you have the money for something doesn't necessarily mean you can afford it. And I would say, especially be cautious of things like that. If it's a liability in life. Sure. Um, so Nelson's putting this all together and we're starting to look at some numbers and how this can apply to your lives. So, and if you haven't got, got the book yet, go get it. Yeah, check it out. Um, this is where everybody skips to, and the beginning is very important, but I know that this stuff interests people. So, anyways, that's all I've got. So, let's get out of here, Kyle. We'll talk to you guys next week. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.